Is there anybody in this audience at this point who still trusts the two weeks to flatten the curve people? I really hope not. I don't think so. If you're a regular listener of Adam versus the man and you're actually listening and paying attention to what's going on and the stories that we cover and it's even just mainstream news stuff that gives you a narrative that's so much more accurate to describe reality when you look at it properly, read between the lines. You don't need to go to any of the uncredible sources. Anybody who's shadow banned like Adam versus the man, you don't go to any blacklisted websites to get this narrative. It's out there in the open. They are lying to you and they're fucking laughing at you at this point. Who I really, I, I, for the purpose of this point, I'm going to call them the two weeks to flatten the curve people. The two weeks to flatten the people who have been telling you two weeks to flatten the curve. It'll be over as soon as we get the vaccine out. If everybody just masks up, if we just lock down for two weeks, everything can just go back to normal. They are fucking laughing at anybody who is so gullible to think that they are telling the truth. They have any desire to have legitimate credibility with thinking people, with people who can critically examine what they're doing and go, "Eh." And the thing is, to, to you who do believe them, if you say you're you're one of those people who's still like, oh yeah, well, you know what, you know, what? I I don't even want to pick apart the particulars. I mean, there's so many news stories in the stack today that are inspiring this opening rant today. Israel fourth shot. I mean, I might as well, I might as well just get into the headlines. Daily Mail: Israel is planned to administer fourth COVID shot which could be adjusted to fight new variants as country battles wave of infections despite hugely successful vaccine rollout. So, like, yeah, I, I mean, I could, I could keep going. They're, they're debating ivermectin as alternative treatments. They've got, in Australia, and Australia, by the way, tomorrow, I'm so excited. Our guest, David Limbrick, Australian MP, is going to tell us from an insider perspective of the Australian political process that has led to them going to a next level of medical tyranny with this. It's like there's still a prison colony or something. Seriously, fucking locked down Australia. It's, it, I've had friends, uh, Barry Cooper, had to travel to Australia to, to go through quarantine there. If you're in Victoria or New South Wales provinces in particular, as I understand it, the lockdowns are ongoing, severe, and strictly enforced. It's still so bad, they can't get a grasp on how much worse the cure is than the disease. There's so much censorship, so much manipulation. Just look at my channel, look at how many videos I've had pulled in the last year and a half for dispensing misleading medical advice. 
And now, oh yeah, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin. Oh yeah, we're going to finally look at those realistically and admit that ventilators were overused and used to kill people, essentially. But now it's worse. They're, it, it's coming out that they actually... Now, this maybe I will caveat as I have not researched to my own satisfaction, not accepted mainstream fact, but there are now at least preliminary reports that some of the studies of hydroxychloroquine were sabotaged by them giving patients lethal doses. It's like I'm pharmaceutical company A and pharmaceutical company B starts making a drug that competes with mine. And so I commission a study to, to, to look at their drug, except that I have the doctors give all of the patients a hundred times the dosage and it kills all of them. And I say, look, <laughs> drug company B's drug is bad. So bad. Killed, killed everybody in my study. Like, it, well, no, 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 no. I used science. You got to trust the science. Do you, do you, how, how can you still trust these people when they, there have been people like me and I'm not the only one and I'm not the best and I'm not the, the most informed, but holy shit, this last year has been nothing but me going, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. like every day I read that lines. This last eight months, I decided to grow my hair out because I had to have something to pull out in this madness. Newsweek, could there be a COVID pill? Like, this is, a, it's a scam. And if you still, like, here's the, the core of it. And I, it, it feels like I debunked this, not like me personally, like, I'm the only one who figured this out because, like, there, there, I fell for it, I have to admit, right? Joey was with me on the road. We, we fell for the threat of COVID with limited information. This is a sad reality of the world that we live in when government and mainstream media control so much of the communications. They, they want you to panic. They can make anybody panic, at least for a little while. And I fell for it. I have to admit that. There are people who didn't. They're, like I said, there, there are people who saw through this better than myself. <laughs> right from the beginning, we're like, <laughs> I see what they're doing. Not me. I fell for it enough to say, well, I mean, we did, we did try to throw a COVID party. We did have a, or I, we said well, back then it was the Corona. Oh my God. A case of Corona. The Corona party. I've got a case of Corona. I'd like to share with you. People wanted you to like Corona party. over that. Ugh. Yeah. Oh my God. Vindicated. But here's the thing. I did see like after a week or two, I did see through it enough. Be like, no, this is not a deadly virus. It's not. It's not a deadly virus. It's it's no more deadly. You say why if you want to say deadly applies to corona, eating food is deadly. Breathing polluted air is deadly. Walking is deadly. Driving is deadly. Fuck you. The word becomes meaningless. Really? Yes, it can kill you. Anything can. Get over your shit. Please don't nerf the world. The headline 
from the New American, we're going to get to Stanford epidemiologist studies COVID finds it's highly treatable and rarely a deadly disease. And, yeah, but, uh, I, this, I, this is coming out now, like in the headlines. Yeah, I've been saying this for people. I, I'm not, I, I, I don't want to take special credit for this. People have been saying this for the, the, the whole time. And this might be like the splitting of the human species forever. I don't care. I don't think it is, though. But like, what's that Orson Welles? Is it Orson Welles where like the future of the human species is there's like the fat, furry, above ground ones, and, like the underground bug eyed versions of humans? It's not going to go that way. But honestly, and, and, and I've, this has been an issue in my family, even. I'm not going to get into that now, but <sighs> your gullibility is fucking dangerous. It's dangerous. It's wrong. It has consequences that hurt people, that hold back society. Because a critical mass of the general public still fucking believes the two weeks to flatten the curve, people. Are you kidding me? Please. Please. Fucking stop it. I, I don't know how to end this rant. I didn't plan this. I'm just like, I have to, I, please. Just, like, can, can we just establish that? Can we, I don't, I don't know what else I can do other than spread this message and have it pulled off of YouTube every week to, to try to get people. And I'm not the only one. There are a lot of us going, please, please, please stop the madness. There's a hysteria with COVID. I'll end with this. It has become a religion, COVIDism. And over the last year and a half, I have watched it grow out of this panic phenomena to sustained hysteria, to irrational clinging to the COVID mythology, to soothe some set of psychological deficiencies in the practitioners of this new COVIDism religion. It's a religion that preaches an irrational mythology. It preaches submission and deference to authority. It preaches bullying and violence towards non-believers in order to get compliance. It is a cult. It is a COVID cult. And I hope if you're in it and you happen to be listening to me that my words get you to see it and go, fuck. I, yeah, I got sucked in. There's a fear, insecurity, because I needed to feel some sense of belonging. I needed to feel validated, 
part of the herd. I, I needed to feel like I, I was doing something to be one of the good guys. Noel Delcourt on Facebook. Millions of nurses are going out. They should know why. But the people prefer listening to Big Pharma. The submissives deserve everything that will happen to them. No, they don't. No. They don't. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you insert the point about nurses here. But no, they deserve. Let's get past that silly, archaic idea of deserving. But does anybody really? You want, you want to accept that framework? Like the universe owes you something? Does anybody deserve to be a victim of a cult? Does anybody deserve to be a victim of fraud? Absolutely not. So to the majority of my audience, I presume, who understand that this is a racket, who see the bigger picture, who at least know that we have to start from some basic humane agreements about reality. The two weeks to flatten the curve, people have no fucking credibility. If you give them credibility, you have no role in this adult conversation of figuring out where we go from here. You want to be with them. You want to, you want to go to that side of society. You want, you want to remain cult victims? Fine. You have a right to join the cult. You do not have a right to force your religious beliefs on others. And this cult of COVIDism has gotten out of hand. We have to deprogram people. We have to pull people out of it. We have to defeat this madness, this hysteria that has now become entrenched as a religion of COVIDism. And it is a dangerous threat to humanity right now. With that, was that too serious enough to start the show on? Good morning, Gardenia. Happy Monday. Beautiful day. It's a beautiful day in Gardenia. The puppies are enjoying it so much. I don't know where they are. They ran off as soon as we let them out. I think they want to go hang out with the neighbor's dogs. Wait, did I just hear a caller rattling or was that you? <laughs> All right, that was you. Um, we have a really exciting guest today, Karen Harlow's very controversial. Just got removed. Just got the boot. Suspended. Suspended from the Libertarian National Committee yesterday. Because I hate myself. I listened to the whole five hours and 21 minutes of the last video session. I came in for the last of the LNC. The last hour. Oh, uh, yeah. I wish I, it should have I should have been the other right way around, Joe. I should have made you watch the whole thing. Yeah. I need COVID vitamins just thinking about it. Just to uh, just for this block. Oh my god. We have a COVID block still. That was that was my big point about COVID. It's like this is the last Karen Shannon Lee CAH, the best that's Shannon Lee on YouTube. Yeah. A lot of fans, but the thing is, you know what? I mean, this is, um, and, and, uh, Mike Seebeck, she was railroaded. Yeah, absolutely. So like, I'm, I'm going to save my thoughts on that. We're, we got it for the second, like, I think we got it for the 50 minutes, basically the second hour of the show. We got Karen. Ann. We're going to get, we're going to take the first hour. We're going to get through a lot of headlines. Um, but yeah, uh, this is this is like this is my last Monday. It's my last Monday in this format. We said today, today, last Monday of uh, the daily version of Adam versus the Man for now. Quick reminder: tomorrow, David Lindbergh as our guest. Also, Ian Crossland joins us. Ian Crossland from Timcast. Very exciting because someone who does so fundamentally disagree with me politically 
acknowledging the shadow banning and being able to look out from to me what is the the ivory towers ivory tower means academia i don't know but with whatever the 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 sacred tower of the uncensored on social media um it's I'm, that's such a shitty mixing of metaphors. My apologies, Ian. Uh, yeah, but Ian uh, has, has, has agreed to come on the show tomorrow from uh, second half hour of the first hour of the show. Very excited about that. And a lot of people wanted Tim to have me on to correct. Uh, Ian corrected himself. And I'm I'm so eager to hear from him and get 30 minutes of of, of like, well, 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 what are the, well, then, well, th then, th okay, so you're, you disagree with me, but you agree that I'm shadow banned. What does that tell you? What is it? And like, and I, I honestly want to know, like, I'm not, I have some things that I go like, well, it's because my message is a threat to the establishment and, 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 and it is such a unique threat that it has to be managed carefully. I have to be maintained. I have to, and this is by the way, the question we've been asking about the Libertarian Party around the 50th anniversary a couple of weeks ago is how, why have we plateaued at three to five? And you know, again, subjective measurement, this three to five percent range. Peter Yaple, should we start calling it the triopoly with the way this was handled? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, let me, okay, so let me finish the, the, the point about the reformat. And then I'm going to get to him and properly tease ahead to Karen Hollis. <laughs> um, so starting what? Drugs. Wednesday. Oh, I'm just I'm just microphoning here. <laughs> well, hold on, hold. We're going to wait till we get we're going to get Jim on, and then we're going to play the music. <laughs> um, so tomorrow, tomorrow, Tuesday, is the last full show, the last proper show, and also episode of this number season. 700. Irish. Yes. No way. Yes. He did seven hundred shows that. and then quit. <laughs> cool. All right. No, no. Uh, we're so Wednesday. We're gonna come on for a quick reminder at the same time. Wednesday we're gonna do like a sign off goodbye, five ten minute episode. Adam Rance. Hey, our puppies are back. <laughs> uh, for as as long as it takes me to 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 wrap up the season to do a little goodbye for the season. And then we're gonna be gone for just three weeks. To three Wednesdays. The third Wednesday after that, we're gonna come back is a weekly Wednesday evening, four-hour live format. I'm really excited about this. I'm not going to get into all the reasons because we've done that a couple times. I'll do that again Wednesday. We'll cover that Wednesday, tell you what you have to look forward to. During this time, we're not, I'm not taking time off. I'm enjoying some professional flexibility. We're going to do a couple little fun trips that we wouldn't be able to do around the day, at least a couple three-day weekends maybe. But nothing we're gonna trips. be working like there are other funny there things they're, all, they're all related to something <laughs> for the show uh we might get out and do some man on the street videos in vegas yeah one of those weekends as a work trip and and be able to come back with that and then during this time and this is this is the important thing t.me slash adam versus the man telegram i'm going to be focusing on telegram a lot we're going to be keeping up a stream of content there so i will be there every day i i really i'm one of my commitments I made last week to the audience is I'm going to, I'm going to kill my Instagram the way that I kill my Facebook. I'm just not, not like destroy. I'm going to leave it with this. I'm going to put a sign on the door, find me on telegram. Certainly in terms of the image service that Instagram represents, fuck it better on telegram. We're also going to be launching the social media effort for our veterans, nonprofit home from battle buddies over the next three weeks. Stay tuned for that. We might be on Instagram, but that's for the purposes, you know, of, of, of pulling people away from that. Um, 
So I, I, I Instagram too. I'm really sh- like the shadow banning on Instagram. We haven't talked about this a lot because I enjoy it. I enjoy posting photos and having a public photo archive that people can look at and comment on that is Instagram and it's free. Right. But it's considering how much I don't know. I, have, I don't put effort into Instagram. It's like, it's a place I share memes and pictures for myself. And and by the way, for Gardenia, the Garden of Freedom, we're going to set up a Telegram channel for the Garden of Freedom. Looking forward to that. We're going to be doing live broadcasts on Telegram as soon as we get control of that back from CJ, who's working on right now some two-factor authentication bullshit. Like, we have full access, but they won't let them transfer ownership on Telegram. Uh, we'll get to that. Telegram's awesome. This is, this is definitely in the category of operator error one way or another. Hopefully we can get some Telegram. We'll get past it. We'll get past it. Um, but Telegram, free service. Very enthusiastic about it. If you don't have the Telegram app, download it. Download it and follow me at t.me slash Adam versus the man. You can look me up, Adam versus the man on Telegram. And with that, let us, well, normally we would, let's get Jim on stage to do the promo, shall we? We'll do, and then we'll, we'll introduce the COVID plot properly <laughs> with the COVID okay. Okay. Jim, is, is your granddaughter with you? She She's not with me. She's with her mama. She's you have some pictures? Do you have some pictures? Uh, I have some pictures since I'll, I'll be bringing them up. Let me get to some other official promos first. Uh, T.me forward slash Adam versus the man is where you can um, check out all the links that we have today adam has been going off of uh i think i lost count it's like eight or nine rails now so we're probably gonna not get through all the links so if you want to catch the ones we don't get to if we don't get to them you can do so at t.me forward slash adam versus man next we check out patreon.com forward slash adam versus man's where you can financially support the show one five ten even fifty dollars a month packages is what we have ten dollars a month to get you access to the private telegram producers club uh, which is where we sh- share links ahead of the show and uh, get a little bit more personal back and forth interaction uh, ahead of the show. So that's fun. If you want to be involved that way, patreon.com forward slash Adam versus man uh, Instagram. Uh, we still have his gardenia uh, Instagram at the garden of freedom is going up. You can see him moving massive boulders like they used to back in the day with just raw strength and, and big iron metal just to move it around kick ass shit. I remember when we were in Gardenia, when I was last in Gardenia, we used a rock splitter to spit a boulder like that. And that was freaking awesome. So if you go to Instagram at the Garden of Freedom, you scroll back far enough, you can find that too. We took a time lapse of it. Next, homefrontbattlebuddies.com, the veterans nonprofit organization using alternative therapies to end the need, the world's need for combat veterans in the first place. If you'd like to know how they're going to do that or support them in their efforts, you can do so at homefrontbattlebuddies.com where all of your donations are theft deductible. Next, we check out the crypto, the number six.com. You can donate to any crypto, any cryptocurrencies you might be sitting flush in uh, right here to help with their legal funds. Or you can write to Mr. Nobody, who I believe is still sitting in a cage with this top link right here. You can do that via the crypto, the number six.com. And next, we check out gogreenenergyonline.com. This is the website we send everybody to to learn more about solar panels, micro wind power. If you want to make your home a zero energy home, if you want to get off grid no matter where you live you can educate yourself to do it yourself at gogreenenergyonline.com that's the official promos and here i'll this is how i'll bring you back in this time
Good times. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jim. Uh, it's been a very exciting run. Thank you, Jim, for executive producing this past bit. I want to give you a chance to comment on that opening monologue subject. Have you had any thoughts before we, we jump into the COVID block here? Jim? I'm, kinda, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's really cool uh, what we're switching to. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'm here for whatever. I, I, I really do like this format, too but I can see the positive benefits that we've all talked about backstage and everything to switch in the format. So I'm excited to try something new. I'm, Jim Freedom's always excited to try new shit. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, what, what, I, what I wanted to ask, well, I think it, I, in terms of me as the organizer of this venture, although CEO Joey is technically in charge, of course, uh, right? Uh, I, 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 I think it's incumbent upon me to use your contribution as efficiently as possible. And I think in terms of bang for the buck production wise, rather because you put in a lot of prep time doing the show five days a week, it comes down to one where your prep time is more effective and more efficient and creates a better viewer slash listener experience. Whereas right now, you and me kind of execute a formula every day with the weekly there will be a formula but i'm i'm actually looking forward to working with you a lot more directly before each show you know to plan out segments and 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 have that higher production value with the resources that we already have and you know it's one of the the, the consequences of shadow banning that you know we you know we get we get a couple hundred dollars a month on patreon uh, we're not organized with merch right now, but that's never been more than a few hundred dollars a month. Uh, since in, in the last year and a half, we have tried different ways to make this uh, a profitable profitable business. It's been more or less a break-even thing where we do this as a labor of love. And we have no problem with that. But it, if, if it, and we might come back to this. I want to remind people, like in 2013, before I started getting shadow banned on YouTube, I was doing 2 million views a month and getting uh, compensated what was the, the sort of fair standard at the time on YouTube of uh, $3 per thousand views. So that was $6,000 a month for 2 million views. And that was enough to pay rent and support a team of interns and maintain a studio. And I did three hours, five nights a week and plus 20 minutes scripted. That was a kind of libertarian answer to the daily show. It was, I thought it was pretty good actually. Uh, but it was really hard to sustain and then when, when we got shadow banned and, the, and there was no financial support. And since then, we have, I'm up for that. Um, if an independent sponsor ever wanted to like go, hey, here, I, I mean, $6,000 a month. That's what I was getting on YouTube. And that was back in 2013. 2013. Eight yeah, years ago, $6,000 was a lot of money. <laughs> don't yeah. forget inflation. No, I'm serious. Don't forget inflation. $6,000 a month. People would People would work. From people used to work for money. Remember when that was a thing? Um, we've got some econ story, econ stories in our COVID blog today. Yeah, once upon a time, people like so people would take their their time and they would do work for the man and exchange and 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 they other other people there. and businesses. They would drive yep. or walk or or public transportation even with a, with a bus often, and they would go and they would work and that meant they would like do stuff that other people told them to do because they were exchanging their labor for money because money 
could then be used to buy other stuff. But now it doesn't really work because money doesn't buy anything anymore. Not a lot. <laughs> All right, jumping ahead with that last step there. But you see where we're going. Uh, yeah. So now, like, if if we, it's 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 a totally different scenario now. But I think I think if we had six thousand dollars a month, we'd probably get up to that. But I would I would want more if, if someone's if a sponsor came to me and said, Adam, I want you to do three hours a night and and the twenty minutes scripted five days a week. I probably need twice that at this point to do it right. It's it's cost the cost of doing these. And it's, it's and labor market fighting and it's promotion too. Before we base so now again to go back to Instagram for a second. Like I have been real if my shadow banning there, it's like I've been flatlined it just over twenty thousand followers since I can remember like 2006, 2007. It's real. It's it's weird. I don't mind using it because it's like it's there. It's public. It works. People can look up at Adam Kokesh on Instagram. We promote at the Garden of Freedom on Instagram here because it, it's lifestyle. You can call it politically motivated lifestyle. It's definitely not political though in and of itself. So I don't I don't think the stuff there really gets shadow banned or censored the same way. But I I'm really like fuck. Facebook owned Instagram. It, it, you know, I'm not, it, again, this is like, why do you believe these people? I, I say that about the, the sheeple and COVIDists with, with COVID authorities, but I, I'm not saying that I am somehow superhuman and invulnerable to the same kind of fraud, which in a way as a yeah. professional media producer has been worse for me succumbing to the fraud of, YouTube, I, I on Twitter I'm pretty sure I'm social uh, I'm I'm shadow banned but I haven't really looked at it too yeah. too much. Uh, people know, have looked at my numbers and said days after you make a post like it's my, my phone will be like yeah. Adam made a post I, I think it's I, and and is it I want to point out I'm not the reason censorship exists on the internet right It's not like oh well we need to make sure Adam Kokish isn't hurt but I I might be at this point an insignificant you know. Thing being ground up in the, in, the, in the gears of the machine, like and and, and they don't care. And it might be that political it, it's political opponents who just go flag me. Like it, it could be simple as I oh they've got me on the list of the Republican Party secret troll farm. I'm speculating, but here's probably more likely the Democrats, right? No, it could just it doesn't matter. Yeah, Why both. can't it be yeah. both? Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you think sure, these parties would would like yeah? $2 billion a year budgets that they're defending don't do some sabotage on the internet. And when they can just shadow, they don't have to shadow ban me with something. Like I say, I'm shadow banned. It doesn't have to be like some deliberate, some like, Ooh, this message is bad. Let's shadow ban this. It's just that the architects of the system know that this is how it works. And they're happy with it working this way that if a better organized political force like Republicans and Democrats, government-sponsored duopoly bullshit can organize better troll farms and every time i tweet something it gets flagged it just gets flagged and it gets delayed for joey and the effect is well i have fifty thousand followers how come my shit barely get? and it's this weird dampening of dissidents in general not dissidents plural but dissidents of dissident thought of of rebellion it is it is suppressed on the internet one way or another and so a big part of what we're doing over the next three weeks with adam versus the man is to address that but jim 
I wanted to give you a chance before we, we take, uh, we jump into these headlines in a hurry here. Since you have been with us for this period of, of covering the news, um, quick sidebar, I feel like I have had my head in the news for a certain period of my life, decades of, you know, what I think of my political or current events awareness. And it's come and gone in arbitrary ways of saying where it starts and ends and blah, blah, blah. But Jim, you have a sense of longitudinal headline news, political awareness from having been involved as co-host and producer of the show now for about a year and a half. So I was wondering if you, if you had any thoughts on that or if that's taught you anything about the gullibility of the COVIDists. Uh, okay, man, there, there's so many rails there. Are you asking me about COVID or are you asking me about uh, shadow banning? <laughs> no, well, really, no, no, no. Your, your news headline awareness, now that you've been, you've had your head in the headlines consistently for a year and a half, uh, I assume in a way you didn't before that, right? Yeah, now well, definitely you... not as much. Yeah, you're right. It definitely, it definitely increased my awareness of of news headlines, my ability to see a see the titles that they're using and know what angle they're going for without even really reading the article. But I still even read the article just to confirm with myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a vicious circle. I I, I was always kind of that way i was always questioning everything and that's obviously why i was listening to you and things like that you know right. so I, but i obviously it increased my my news content I, I never really read this many mainstream articles ever in my life so yeah it has made me i'll call it hyper aware of the bullshit. you know what i mean it right. used to just be like a huge so, so suspicion like i felt like that? i was right but now i feel like it's undeniable you know what i mean so what, what does that allow you to say with confidence about people who still believe the COVID mythology after a year and a half? Uh, well, sort of, again, it's sort of just concrete way I've, I've always felt about them. And I think that they're, they're victims of a very powerful enemy. And I pity them. I uh, not necessarily pity feels like a bad word, but I feel for them. I'm sad for them. I want to help them. I look at them as a person in a lake who's uh, up to their neck in water, reaching their hand out, begging for help because they don't know what the fuck is happening and they're panicking. And all I want to do is help them out of the fucking water. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great empathetic angle. Yeah. I, I don't know. And that's, that's, that's the most important thing. I think if, if I want to tell people on, you know, our side of things, it's to remember, remain present to the fact that the people who are on the other side, I mean, it's, it's the politicians who are setting this whole fucking thing up in the first place and victimizing them that want you to see them as on the other side as you, that there's this split, not there's a criminal and there are victims but that there are people in one camp and people in the other camp. And it's like, no. And, and if you maintain that framework that they want you to maintain of us versus them, we're never going to be able to help them because we see them as the enemy. And this is one of the most dangerous presumptions 
of of covidism and maybe it's not covidism of modern statism which you could say so i do it in everything thought about this system with football if you don't like football you gotta like baseball like and then you break it down coors light or bud light coke (laughs) or pepsi everything in america has been turned into this divisive us versus them thing and we've really got to get away from that yeah Yeah. preferences are okay but that doesn't mean the other preference is bad right I'll say this. I got a I got a notification on my Facebook yesterday from it was a memory and it said one year ago today. And it was I was with Helen and Peter. I remember it vividly. We had stopped at a Taco Bell slash KFC uh, on our way in between towns or whatever. I think we were going to Phoenix for some reason. And I took a picture of the sign. And that was when I was saying I think I even said it on the show. We kind of this is where we disagreed a little bit at the beginning of it. You were kind of playing it like, well, they can only get away with so much and eventually they're going to scale it back. And I was like, no, dude, this picture right here tells me this ain't going anywhere. They had this sign that they obviously paid millions of dollars to put them in all of their stores. It wasn't like a paper sign that they printed. It was a legit sign with cool looking graphics and all that crazy shit that literally said shit like all of our team members have COVID-19 training. What the fuck is COVID-19 training? It's nothing. It's a bunch of bullshit. But the fact that they spent millions and millions of dollars to, to revamp and redecorate all of their stores around this hysteria told me that the world has changed. It's not like the swine flu and it's not like all the other bullshit they pulled on us in the past. This is something completely fucking different. And they got a whole nother objective that we can't even fucking comprehend yet. We should be a little bit scared. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I realized so it with when the designer masks um, were coming out. Like, this is a new thing. Like socks and purses. Like, if if clothing companies are doing this, it's here to stay. Like, and they somehow know it, or they wouldn't be putting that money into it. You're right. Yeah, all the largest right? corporations know that it wasn't going anywhere. That's why they spent this money this way. Definitely. So this is the one thing I will admit that I was wrong on. And and Jim, the last thing you touched on there was the important implication of of this that we need. And, and we have been of the last couple of weeks, and this is to the Mike Adams interview about population control and eugenics motivations and all of this, that uh, the one thing I was generally like, I even remember we did the, the, the whiteboard with the flat and the curve of tyranny. And I, I predicted a lot that was very right with that graph about how things would come down in steps and that there would be a wave of it going up and that there were possibilities and trajectories of it coming out. And what I was off with was basically how long the crest would be and the and the, the stepping down would be a lot slower. Sort of, I mean, I gave a range of possibilities for like angles for you know how it could come down. And it's it's like sort of the worst of my projections that I said was relatively unlikely. I did think like that where we are now, we might have been like six, eight months ago. And that that now we'd be at the point uh, that I think now is maybe two or three years away uh, of of this sort of fading into the background of another you know layer of tyranny that or I hate to say tyranny because it's a sensationalist word but it's it's well beyond that so who cares but another layer of medical tyranny and bullshit and exploitation another little racket on top of the the flu shot racket you know. Seven Sons, you want to read that, Joey? It appears that one of the long-term goals is pushing hyper-surveillance technology to keep us safe. And that's what everything, I mean, that's what this COVID thing is. We're doing this to keep you safe. That's the 
create the fear and then create the safety net or the assumed safety net, the presumed the alleged safety net in the vaccine. There's one other part of my, my model of understanding this that I think has been reinforced uh, that I, that I want to say I got right from the beginning, that this has been a conspiracy of conspiracies. There's not a singular conspiracy and the, and the lack of coordination generally exposes that. Uh, we did cover the BlackRock Vanguard holding companies stories, which were very important for understanding that if there is anything close to a singular conspiracy, it's these two companies who own collectively over half the mainstream corporate media in the United States and over half of big pharma. There's, there's the collusion. There's the, it's the same people, same people literally pulling the strings organizationally. But do they also control the surveillance companies and every part of the deep state and China, and no, they don't control everything, but in the United States, clearly we have major pharmaceutical media corporate conspiring. They're working together for each other's interests against immediate short-term interests of businesses they're willing to sacrifice. This is like Amazon undercutting that baby products company selling diapers online going, fuck it, we'll take a loss in our baby department to put you out of business and jack the prices back up. It's, I'm, I'm not going into anything that's out of the, I'm not suggesting anything super unusual. Just like, let's look at reality. Let's make sure it fits into a realistic model of history. And at this point, uh, yeah, we, we the, the, the conspiracy of conspiracies is that a lot of people had an interest in driving the fear and driving the hysteria. This is there are a lot of different people who saw. Look, if the fear gets bad enough, we can sell tests, we can sell masks, we can sell all the medical products related to this. We can sell more newspapers. I know it's clicks, right? For sensationalist headlines, we block and and every all the way down to the individual who said. I can be like Eric Cartman and stay home and walk around with a stick that's ah, stay away from me, six feet, six feet, six feet. Oh, I don't have to go back to school. Then we need to get back to the new normal, the new normal of staying home instead of, yeah, watch the pandemic special. South Park has some brilliant commentary there. But with that, we're now we're down to 15 minutes before we get to our guests. Let's burn through some headlines, shall we? Thank you, okay, right. Joey, for your perspective as we are on our second to last full episode of the uh, COVID season, Adam versus the man COVID season. All right, Daily Mail, Israel is planning to administer fourth COVID shot, which could be adjusted to fight new variants as country battles wave of infections despite hugely successful vaccine rollout. Oh, you mean the vaccines don't work? Oh, you mean the people pushing the vaccines are full of shit? Oh, you mean they refuse to take responsibility for their actions by asking for legal immunity to protect themselves from legal consequences of any potential side effects and harm that might come from using their vaccines? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I told you so. Interesting controversy. Zero Hedge has this headline. Rolling Stone issues update after horse dewormer hit piece debunked. So Glenn Greenwald called him out on Twitter. And Zero Hedge is citing the tweet from Glenn Greenwald. The only reason Rolling Stone is calling this an up calling this an update, excuse me. <clears throat> As opposed to what it so plainly is, a retraction, 
is because liberal outlets know that their readers don't care at all if they publish fake news as long as it's done with the right political motives and goals. This is like Glenn Greenwald's voice is so important here as, as, as having emerged now as just a consistent voice of integrity beyond partisanship. His next week was, that's the same reason the hardcore Dem Party media loyalists, led as usual by at Maddow, that's Rachel Maddow, MSNBC, spread this fake story all over based on what appears to be a fraudulent source without checking. Fake news is 100% acceptable if done with good political motives. Rachel Maddow, they, she's got screenshots here. The tweet she did as a quote, patients overdosing on ivermectin backing up rural Oklahoma hospitals, ambulances. So I don't want to get any more into the story, but stop. We, I think I've, I've made it clear what they're doing is creating a false narrative right now, specifically that people are overdosing on ivermectin because they, they, they're, they're too stupid to reduce the dosage from what a horse gets. <laughs> people who question authority are so dumb. Obedient people are so much smarter. I like just stop and think about the implications of this. And then Joe Rogan's famous case last week, of course. Oh, well, I, I got, and, and I'm thinking like Joe Rogan, you mean human growth hormone abuser with Palumbo bubble gut, Joe Rogan gets COVID being otherwise young and healthy. It's a weird, like you got sick. I, there, there's some other story behind Joe Rogan's, but I'm glad that he's, I'm glad that he did it. I'm glad that it's coming out because he single-handedly has done an incredible job just puncturing the mainstream myth that vaccines are the only answer. And it's not vaccines. It's vaccines within our new definition of vaccines. And this is another big part of the fraud that they want you to think the vaccines are functioning the way we've used vaccines in the past where you have a bit of genetic material that is harmless from a virus your body creates antibodies and has effective permanent immunity that's the same as natural immunity that's not what the covid vaccines are and it is it, it is a <laughs> semantic fraud it is a fraud of language that they and and they actually redefined it in Merriam webster online to what extent i don't care i'm not gonna i i'm this is what separates me from other you know, crazy conspiracy theorists who want to jump down every rabbit hole. No, keep your eye on the prize. Stay focused on the bigger narrative. And it's that they want practical, realistic treatments of COVID to be suppressed in order to support pharmaceutical interventions. And yeah, I would be crazy if there wasn't some historical proxy for this, but there's one sitting on the table here right now, Joey, where are my COVID vitamins? Thank you. Look, cannabis. Why was cannabis? And, and yeah, we can go back to William Randolph Hearst and in the paper industry, really, why has cannabis been illegal in the modern age? Because it'll make us realize that they're lying to us. It's a gateway drug. A you can't drug. smoke pot and not realize the government is totally full of shit. No, excuse me. It's not that. It's uh, pharmaceutical, oh. pharmaceutical interests, right? Especially antidepressants, SSRIs, all sorts of other chronic treatment, uh, chronic diseases that are, are better managed or treated with cannabis than pharmaceutical interventions, not to mention the overall health benefits and how your body is designed to consume cannabis, both as hemp and as food and seed and so many other things, as well as, as and not necessarily smoke. I'm not saying that it has to be for everyone, uh, but the suppression of cannabis has been in the interest of pushing Prozac and 
Yeah. There's so many other. I, I wish I knew all the that, opioids, opioids, it, it goes heart so medications. Cheaper. Yeah. So anyway, now, same shit. Fucking COVID vaccines, COVID pills. We're going to get to that. To suppress ivermectin. So next headline, the desert review. I got to get way faster on this. We got like less than 10 minutes before Karen Ann joins us. By the way, a big part of Karen Ann's story. Don't let me forget this. Is how she wanted the LNC to address COVID. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Desertreview.com. Ivermectin obliterates 97% of Delhi cases. Yeah. Trust the science. The expose.uk. Chris Whitty ordered the NHS, that's the British National Health Service, to give alleged COVID 19 patients lethal doses of hydroxychloroquine to kill them in sabotage trials. Now the fate of the nation's children rests in his hands and it's like you still trust these people please it is so dangerous like and if 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 this is i mean the best the, the best i can look at this like very morbid point in, in human history is that there are people who want the population to be lower and they're saying well let's kill the gullible people who are vulnerable to viruses and have weak immune systems and, are, and tend to be overweight and it's fucking sick Makes me feel better, safer, but that's not any. It's not any more comforting. It's it's it, 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 that's that's and 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 of what we the other thing we have I I believe I have had to with journalistic integrity modify my narrative to include now is that it, there is some nefarious purpose of social engineering, and we can see that there are many of those actually. But at the, at the, at, the, at the higher level of in terms of what are the motivations for this other than just general money and power and exploitation? Because remember, what's the purpose of government? Make the rich richer at the expense of the rest of us. And you go, well, gee, how are billionaires doing under COVID? <laughs> government is working very well, doing its job very efficiently. So uh, how can you still believe these people? It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Newsweek, could there be a daily COVID pill? What we know about Pfizer drug trial. Yeah. The headline from the New American I referenced earlier, Stanford epidemiologist studies COVID, finds it's highly treatable and rarely a deadly disease. First paragraph is worthwhile here. Early last year, Stanford professor John Loanitis, or Ionitis, uh, stated that if we don't didn't know a new virus called COVID existed, we might just have casually noted that the flu this season seems to be a bit worse than average. Now, Ioannidis has done research that perhaps vindicates that statement, finding that the coronavirus infection fatality rate in most of the world is less than 0.2%, much like that of the flu. I told you so. I, do I have, I, I, this story is almost boring to me. Like, I, do we have to keep reminding people of this? I, I, I suppose people are just wandering in and out because we people, you know, come and go in our audience. Like every few months. By the way, it's a funky off-season flu. You're gonna live. But you know, here's here's the possibility that scares me, and I, I don't want to be too much of a fear monger myself on this. And it still doesn't lead me to like do more. But that, that if if Mike Adams is correct and that the virus itself was engineered a certain way, then it might have some other uh, possibilities for nefarious manipulation. Now, I that, but then I see the elite, the elites, like Obama has his birthday party, no masks. There was that, I, I always forget the event, that lunch event at Buckingham Palace 
where a bunch of the royal family were out, no masks, but the staff were wearing masks. And the memes that came out of that were like, look, COVID only affects poor people. <laughs> and it might be that they know they have access to better medical treatment. That if they get, hey, by the way, we're gonna, so, I mean, this is, this is hypothetical. I don't think this is likely. I'm not suggesting it, but here's one way of articulating the theory is that the elites went among themselves and said, hey, look, there's going to be this virus out there. It's going to be bad. We engineered it to be like sort of like sort of bad because of this and have these weird long term effects. Uh, but if you get it, it's really don't worry. We we do have a treatment that we so just go out and act normally. You'll be fine. Right. It, it, some version of that conversation is happening somewhere. <laughs> right. Like I, and who knows to what extent of that is, is true. But some of it may be some, some of it kind of has to be. So um, I'm. But, uh, you know, ultimately, death rate like that of the flu, I don't I, I don't really care that much about engineering or I mean, was it engineered in a lab? Was it designed to be some some greater thing? Was it controlled? Because they could have done this with a funky offseason flu. They didn't need everything that they're doing. They didn't need to engineer the virus to be anything special. I think it's much more likely that it is a natural phenomenon, actually. And that the, the, oh, it's a lab leak. It's just getting more, get, maybe that was me falling for the fear. Now they want me to be afraid of the virus itself and stay home. And it's like, you know, you want to got to be afraid of shedding. I, 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 there might be something with women and periods and, and, and the spike protein. Yeah. And, and, and it, it, there is something to that. There, but do yeah. I have to be worried do, does the average woman who doesn't have sensitivity to that or isn't planning on having kids have to be worried about going out in public with people who are vaccinated shedding? No. Do we have to worry that the, if you know what, if the elites, and I hate to use that term, the elites, because it sounds like Alex Jones, if super class people, politicians, Obama, royal family are having events without masks, then I know that, that the people who know better aren't really worried about the virus itself. So you know, again, there's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt in this on all sides. It's very deliberate because the more afraid you are, the easier, easier you are to manipulate, the uh, less likely you are to be able to organize and fight back. And you know what? I got to admit, too, and maybe over the next three weeks, I will be doing some uh, chemically induced meditations to examine this. And maybe some not chemically induced meditations as well. Definitely both. Um, but but to, to really examine this for myself, and I and I hope everybody else is 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 inspired at least by by this message to say, you know what, because the the protests like we see in Europe, like they're they're showing us how to be American. Yeah, kind right. of. Right, that's sure. weird. Um, they're you know we're going to be at a protest in Sacramento on the 11th, but am I do I ex and I'm excited about it. By the way, November uh, September 11th. You can be, if you there the endthedamnwars.org. Please go. Uh, we need to be promoting this tomorrow for our last show, especially Jim. Write that down. <laughs> um, maybe we can have Panvidia Magnus Cullen briefly promoted. Probably a good idea. Um, but uh, I'm excited for that protest. And for me, I get to, I, I'm the headliner in Sacramento. Fucking awesome. I'm honored. Uh, Libertarian Party, Sacramento, uh, California Mises Caucus, everybody else involved. Ben Weir, Angela, uh, thank you very much. Uh, McCardle, uh, this is awesome. But is it, it's a coming together. It's not. Right, Allie. 
It's not. This isn't the answer. I'm not. I don't have any false hopes for this. But I'm going to be meditating on that. I think we all need to at this point. You know, it's a good time for everybody to step back and go. You know what? If we weren't afraid, what would we be doing? Mm. I've been afraid. I have been afraid. Not living in fear. Not overcome by the emotion of it. But I've allowed perhaps irrational fears over the last year and a half to to, to significantly affect my decision making. I need to re-examine that. APnews.com to anchors of COVID safety net ending, affecting millions, getting to the econ stories related to COVID. Yes, this is the end of uh, a number of federal benefits. Um, it, it's, it, you know, the stepping down of the curve of tyranny. Remember, if you remember the whiteboard, there are gradual steps and and back and forth as, as, as we come down from the height of COVID hysteria, right? Because we are coming down. So, you know, um, scary possibilities we'll get to in a minute but already scary happening right now the hill.com more than seven million americans to lose jobless benefits on labor day that's today oh yeah one of those meaningless federal holidays most people Beginning take soft, most people job, right? safety nets expire the emergency federal yeah, benefits are set to end on labor day while another three million people will lose their additional 300 boots to state unemployment benefits <laughs> government intervention Jim, the white house Jim. has said that there are no plans to expand federal unemployment benefits any further the associated press report hey. uh your argument was your audio look, just kind of went to uh people aren't going else. to respond to this my audio went out. Okay, no, you're good now. You sounded like a robot for like 10 seconds there. It just started glitching out, but you're back. Never mind. Sorry. Okay. All right. So um, I just got a text from Karen and Harlow. She is plugging in backstage. Oh, she is now. So yeah. Karen, give me just a minute. We won't do any more uh, than, than this, but we will wrap up our, our COVID block briefly. And you know what, Karen, I'm. I, it, it is, I think, one of the uh, undertold parts of your story outside of the, even inside the LP, that a big part of what Karen is facing is not just from being a whistleblower, but from being an advocate of challenging what I am now calling the cult of COVIDism. So, uh, Washington Post at Yahoo.com for scientists, path to COVID endgame remains uncertain. And this is fucking hilarious. To my, this, this is what really inspired the opening rant today. It's basically over already. It will end this October. Or maybe it won't be over till next spring. Or late next year. Or two or three years down the road. From the most respected epidemiologists to public health experts who have navigated past disease pandemics. From polemicists to political partisans, there are no definitive answers to the central question in American life. As a Drudge Report headline put it recently, is it ever going to end? It will end when you stop complying. Yeah. Yep. It will end when you stop submitting. It will end when you stop substituting authority for truth. I think John Lennon and Yoko Ono said it pretty well. War is over if you want it. Do you want it? Do you want the madness to stop? And you know what the nice thing about this is? I think if you 
live up to at least what I hope to be presenting here on Adam versus the man every day. You know enough and are empowered enough that you can end it for yourself and find inner peace by examining current events, examining reality with integrity, with openness, and from this perspective of inner peace. And then when we look at people who are in the cult of COVID, we get to offer them that. Oh my gosh. Peace. How beautiful. You get to, to, to all the people who are hysterical. And I can't say that, again, I've been perfect or that I've got, I've, I've figured out how to talk to these people. But maybe now if we can identify the dynamics properly and what we're facing, we can and say, you know what? These are people who lack inner peace. These are and, and, and they don't need confrontation. They need love and compassion and empathy and empowerment. Although they reject that a lot. Sometimes it needs to be tailored to an individual. All the sometimes time. Can, it needs to be tailored. Well, sometimes people can tailor it individually for themselves with the right bit of motivation or encouragement or just some headline that triggers them and they go, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to be a sucker for this anymore. And it's, I, I, I don't want to live in a world of suckers. I want to live in a world yeah. of beautiful, empowered, empowered self-actualized, creative people who love themselves and project love as their highest potential form of humanity yeah. makes possible. And right now that's, this is like the, the dark cloud over humanity that is COVID is suppressing that. So I'm sorry, Karen, just the headlines. Now Reuters, former UK PM Blair warns West should prepare for bioterrorism threat. Maybe that's what this is all setting up for. Breitbart.com Australia testing Orwellian facial recognition coronavirus tracking app. Wall Street Journal, action on climate change is urged by medical journals in unprecedented plea. And it made me think about the abortion debate in the United States right now, because, you know, since we don't really have much else going on, we should really stop what we're doing and talk about abortion a lot. Because I think given the political climate, we'll probably finally nail this one, figure it out and make sure that everybody's happy with abortion policy. You know, it, it, let's, let's talk about climate change. And it just, it, it brings me back to the, the, the trust, the science. 86.75309% of scientists will agree with whoever is paying them a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. And with that, our guest today is Karen Ann Harlos until yesterday secretary of the lnc now suspended by a vote of what 11 to 2 well and karen let me introduce you because this is such an epic moment i am so honored to have you on today i know i i love you i i and and i want to say first i gotta say um because I said this about Laura Epke when this came up a couple of weeks ago, 
as much as I, 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 I love you, I love her. My love for the truth and the cause always comes first. I see people I love having voted against you, which is very interesting. Um, I, I am, I want to get to the bigger picture. I want to hear the story. I want to know the conclusions oh, and yeah. lessons you have. I want to, I want to selfishly learn from them. I want to selflessly learn from them for the sake of the movement. You know what this says about the party, my, my general benign perspective going into this, giving everyone the benefit of the doubt, including everyone who voted against you is that they are victims of manipulation. That, uh, that, that, that even even someone like and, and, and Joey and I have speculated a lot. I, I watched the whole okay, I listened. I didn't watch, but I listened and watched most of the whole five and hours and 21 fucking minutes of that session yesterday, Karen. And I, I, I heard the whole thing. I spent a lot of time pausing, interrupting and Joey and I watching the last hour together. We talked about, well, what drives is is it possible that that Laura Ebke is really the FBI agent and all, no and it's way more likely no. that she is a victim of manipulation and 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 oh, God, bullying no. no 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 Adam but no give you the chance just to you got an hour of my platform here or whatever whatever you need I'm gonna give you 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 want to talk for three hours right now until the batteries die on on our devices and the internet gives out. Karen Ann, this platform is at your service. Well, you got, I, I you got me till 11. You got me till 11. My time. All right. All right. Well, um, I am I am coming into this uh, giving everyone the benefit of the doubt, but uh, I am I am with you. And, and what your story so clearly illustrates is that there is some serious fuckery afoot and it has some really serious implications so i want to give you the chance to tell the story of uh everything leading up to yesterday's vote and your suspension and and i want you to go way back to to the start of COVID because this is yeah. i think the most undertold part of your story is the connection to the divide in the party over COVID, which it has is. much bigger implications for last year for the direction of the movement for so many activists uh, for to the point of me going back to Nick Sarwark promoting COVID mm-hmm. hysteria from the you know, all those Italy headlines he shared back in the day. I'm scratching my head going, mm, he's up to something. So I think you can connect it to that. But I, I, if 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 I've got you for most of an hour, if you can think of splitting this interview into three parts and managing the time, maybe a third on your story and the backstory, a third on what that says about the LP and activism. And really a third on, on let's, let's reserve a third for, you know, looking forward and positive strategic implications. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not terribly positive today, but I'll try to be, um, I've given myself a week to be, just be like really mad. And then I got too much to do, um, to be yeah. mad for that long. We got this huge petition drive to do in Colorado. So like, you know, there is a lot of good stuff, but one thing that we do, I, I got to intro with this because I got to tell you one thing I have like very little patience for is one thing we do in this party. And this could just be my like autistic sense of justice. But one thing we do in this party is we throw our hands up and go, ah, the drama, I don't want to hear it. And what you do is you just let people who are getting screwed over 
have be like left yeah. out in the cold, you know, like you blame the victims yeah. along with the perpetrators. When I say you, it's not you personally, it's the general you. And I'm really tired of that yeah. attitude in the party. Yeah. A culture of avoidance is a vulnerability. Yeah, that's the way to put it. And of course, you can't dwell on it for too long, which is why I gave myself a week. But I am really tired of the making me out to be the bad guy because I got fucked over. Like, I don't want to hear about your fucking over. It's like saying, you know, and, and I'm going to be overly dramatic here because why the hell not? But it's like, you know, if somebody actually got physically raped and you'd be like, you know, all this sex stuff, it's like really bothering me and you're bringing it to my attention and I don't really like it. So if you could kind of like shut up about that forcible penetration, that'd be nice. And fuck you. Like, no, no, there are there's corruption at the core of the National Party. And I'm not saying that to try to destroy or hurt the national party. The corruption is hurting it. It needs to be weeded out because we have a solid foundation to build from. And that's actually the good news. See, the foundation's not rotten. If you, like they say, when you buy a new house, if it's got good bones, it don't matter if some of the decor is shit. You can throw out the decor, but the house has good bones. The LP has excellent bones, but some of the decorations are tacky as fuck. Uh, okay, so Karen Ann, I, I want you to go back to the start of COVID going into mm -hmm. the 2020 convention. What your your secretary at the time at that point? Um, and by the way, I'm only suspended. I'm in exile. Um, the seat's not vacant until my JC appeal, and I'm filing it. I'm filing it. Like everyone wondering, oh no, am I no? I'm and actually, I'm not filing it for me. Let's end, end this first part of the okay. interview with explaining the, that okay. uh, what the suspension means. But assume that there are people in the who have no clue, you know, how the LP works or what your role is. And, and start the story, please, going back to uh, the, the start of COVID going into the 2020 convention. Okay. And just by the way, I heard some one of your other guests, I think, mentioned it. Your connections kind of you're you're like max headrooming out like every fifth word it's nothing you could do about it i'm just letting you know it happens but so okay yeah i'm having the same issues on both devices so we'll get through it okay yeah i just like i just let you know if i look puzzled at times it's because words cut out i apologize yeah i it happens. Can't do anything about it on this. Please go ahead. Take take it away. Okay. All right. So the beginning of this term, um, for people to pretend like there were, well, actually there were some issues at the beginning that I didn't know about, but really where the big split started to happen between me and my um, so esteemed colleagues, um, and some of them are very esteemed. I'm not using that sarcastically to everyone, but I am certainly using that as sarcastically to some of them. Um, was when I started yelling and screaming, and it was literally yelling and screaming because I think the utter violation of our civil rights that's happened in this country deserves nothing less than yelling and screaming and not the passive, it's not our fucking Lane Laura Epke bullshit that was going on on the LNC. However, um, so I started yelling and screaming about our lack of response to COVID. And I had thought that 
you know, because being the LP, that people were just busy. You got lives. Listen, the LNC is all volunteers. You know, we're not full time at this. That, you know, eventually we would get together a game plan. But there was just resistance and like just bullshit at every single turn. And the more it dragged on, uh, the angrier I got. And I would get no, um, like... You bring it to the LNC, they'd freeze you out. You'd get all these answers, like I'd mentioned, where Laura Epke said it's not our lane, which has to be as bad as Joshua Katz asking, are we really against the FEC? I mean, it's right up there with that level of derp, okay? And so when you're not getting any answers on the LNC, they refuse to do anything meaningful. They freeze you out. You go to the membership because see, I don't represent the LNC. I represent the people that elected me, the membership, my fiduciary duties to the party, not to the LNC. And when they're asleep on the job, the membership has a right to know why. So when people think like the whole whistleblowing thing happened with New Hampshire, that's a classic case of whistleblowing because there was actual like taking over of parties and stuff. But what was going on with COVID was me calling out the LNC for their utter dereliction of duty. And that is a form of whistleblowing as well. It's just not, you know, it, it, it's not uncovering anything secret because it was quite obvious to everybody that the LNC wasn't doing anything. But it was in the sense of being very public and not passive about calling out what they were doing. And I don't think I could ever do anything less. I ran on that platform. The delegates who elected me elected me to do that. So at a either December or January meeting, when they refused to even form a committee that was non-binding, that would advise the chair, because I thought, you know, everyone's busy. Perhaps they need a committee who has the time that could develop a strategic plan offer it to the chair and it could be implemented because you can't expect any one of us in this weird diverse body to do that. They shot down the idea of even having a non-binary, a non-binary, holy crap on a different subject, non-binding advisory committee. They couldn't even do that. So I said to them, we should just dissolve the party right now because you, you guys don't want to do anything. You're just like, you, you're making excuses at every turn. So one of my members, one of my constituents challenged me and said, all you're doing is bitching. Why don't you try doing something about it? Though I think bitching about it and trying to use my bully pulpit on the LNC to get them to do something is doing something. But I took the challenge. So I formed my own advisory committee. I don't need the LNC's permission to do that. So when we came up with a great idea, which the LNC just decided to implement, but they won't tell you that it was my idea of uh, the secretary, they just suspended, gave them the only plan they've had in nine months. When I actually had this idea, I went to present it to them. I had to fight to even get five minutes of agenda time. They didn't even want to hear what the membership came up with. I'm going to go pull out that vote to see what kind of rat fucks voted against that, too, because I bet you it's the same motley crew. But the thing is, yeah. well, I'm well, sorry. Karen, I want to if, if, can you hear me okay? Am I Not really. Sort of. Uh, I, I want to well, step narrative for a second to see. Uh, to, to explain what would the motivations be 
to keep the LNC from addressing COVID the way that you were suggesting? I don't, I don't care about motivations. I care about results. I don't really care. I mean, I could guess. I think some of them probably were scared that they would look like kooks, that they would look like anti-vaxxers or something. I don't know. I don't know their motivations. And, you know, I don't even have a reasonable guess that I can have any kind of like proof for. I could say what some of them, such as the uh, esteemed senator from New Nebraska, I, I think that she was scared of looking like a radical, that she wanted to play respectability politics. And, and it's like doing what Nick's doing now, you know, kissing the feet of the of the of the um, being scared to live crowd. But do I know that for sure? No, I don't know. It's it's crazy to me that you got libertarians. But I can tell you, Joe Bishop Henchman was in favor of mandatory vaccinations. That was a little known secret, but <clears throat> maybe maybe that I don't know. When people are committing suicide, not me, people, people out here in the world, it's actually happening. Kids are getting stunted development. I mean, people are losing their businesses. It's just, it's insane. At this point, I can't worry about motivations. I can have my theories, but none of them really make sense to me. I think some of it was petty power plays like, oh, you suggested it. So I'm just going to oppose it because you suggested it. That could be some of it. I don't know. Well, I, I think, we do have to consider them, at least point out the possibilities in terms of motivations. And I, I think you're right to point out that in the culture of the LP, there are a certain number of people who are really bought into this idea of, you, you call it respectability politics. I think of it as just bullshit self-consciousness of libertarians who get bullied into going along and, and saying, well, we're not really libertarians. We're just statist light. We just want less, just a little less government here and a little less government there. We'll be happy. And then then they, then we can be dismissed as irrelevant. That's who cares. Let's go back to the duopoly as opposed to what libertarians really are, which is we are, we are standing opposed to all the injustice of the coercive omnipotent state, the cult of the omnipotent state as our uh, statement of principle says. So I, I think it's it's worth taking a second to say, are there some other motives for corruption here? And for me, obviously, as a presidential candidate running in 2020, for whom a lot of people said, yeah, you got screwed by this process where you had a chance and then you didn't have a chance because it went to the convention. Again, I don't want to make it about me because that's presumptuous, but that there was some desire to manipulate the Libertarian Party presidential nomination. Certainly, there were people involved who were backing candidates other than me who were manipulating the process during that time to favor their candidates who benefited from COVID hysteria driving the Libertarian Party policy and handling the convention and the nominating process. There it wasn't are just you, Adam. They were trying to keep the Mises people from coming in. What the hell? Hold on one second. Um, I got a weird, uh, uh, hold on. Uh, so I had a weird notification. That is a fact. Our former executive director said it. Now, whether he said something that he meant differently, it came out wrong, I don't know. 
It seems awful suspicious to me. And let me just tell people, I'm making my prediction now. Don't doubt because this current, the, the majority on this LNC knows if any of them want re-election, they have to keep the Mises people out because their asses will not be sitting in those seats. So watch out. Watch out for, for funny business where they're starting to manipulate what happens in Reno. Don't be surprised if all of a sudden there are certain vaccine requirements. See, I was supposed to address that this weekend. They said they suspended me before I could. But, you know, that that isn't wasn't exactly fuckery because I moved the agenda around a little. So, you know, I can't really complain about that. But don't be surprised. I see yeah, it okay, coming. So Karen, so this is jumping ahead to a couple of things in this comment from Peter. But I, I want to say I, I have reservations about Mises because the leadership, uh, I've seen some shady things. They kicked me out without explanation. Mike High still has an answer to that. Uh, there, there's been some other manipulation with the Mises you, Caucus. But in terms I of the part of that, I'm sorry. Ace mm -hmm. strategy overall of people coming in with libertarian principles calling the party back to that fighting corruption i am 100 percent for that the state affiliates of mises caucus especially california 100 percent behind them let's do this let's be present in reno let's get organized to be delegates mm -hmm. i don't particularly care if you organize under the, the the mises caucus banner or not but pay attention that spirit be ready to vote with the mises caucus in reno so that leads me to the next thing, and Karen's nodding her head. This is jumping ahead because we got to get back and tell the rest of the story. I know you and I want to jump ahead on these things. But then uh, are are you running again for LNC secretary yes. in 22? Yes. Yes. Tell me yeah, you are I'm, in Reno. Unless, listen, what? I'm going to put it to you. Listen, I'm going to put it to you this way. I definitely am no matter what. It'll either be for re-election or reinstatement. Um, but. If for some reason, listen, I'm completely team Angela McArdle for chair. But if for some reason something she decides she ain't running, these people are going to get somebody else running just to show them what's up. But I'm behind team Angela right now. I'm not like saying anything else. All I'm saying is she's got a spare. Yeah, Let's I'm, just leave I'm, it at that. I'm yeah, I'm I'm slightly less committed to Angela personally. I love her. She's a great friend of mine. It's a little early on. I haven't heard the full pitch, but she's definitely my favorite right now. I'm excited no, about I'm her. No, I'm team. I, I'm team Angela all the way. You're well. If I then then maybe we'll talk after this, and you'll 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 you can recruit me for a role on the uh, Angela for chair campaign. It wouldn't yeah. be hard. If to she get wasn't me. running though, if she wasn't running, I'd run for that spot. All right. No, I mean, I well, I will be seeing Angela uh, this weekend. Well, this weekend in but, Sacramento. You know, I'm, I'm completely, completely behind her. I, I mean, I have a few. I, I mean, it's my, my main reservation is just that I haven't heard the whole pitch. And it's a little early in the cycle to commit. In the case of you running for secretary, I have no problem committing. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. Uh, Karen Ann Harlow's all the way. Um, I, it, yeah, I mean, I, the, and what well, we're going to get so this gets us to the next sensitive issue though i want you to get back the narrative from from where we were or where where you felt we left off to everything that leads to the vote to yesterday and and i want to i want to zero in uh on on one other person in this excuse me and and and, and that's aaron adams because uh and and i could say i could i could i could 
I could spend 10 minutes talking about half the people on the LNC and why I love them, despite having voted against you here. Um, and, and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And, and I want to I want to suggest that uh, one way or another, they are definitely all victims of some kind of manipulation in, 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 in this. Uh, so, uh, um, Adam, people um, have agency. Come on. Don't diminish people. I, I hear you diminishing people's agency. I have to admit that when I publicly attacked uh, verbally uh, uh, Larry Sharp in Georgia at the convention about his involvement with Bill Weld, that I was lied to, manipulated, and baited into doing so, and I fell for it. And it's not like I'm not special. I'm smart. I know what's going on. I know the game, and I still fell for that. And I think it's very easy for the people who have an interest in manipulating the LP to manipulate people on the board. And I, I, and I can't, I, I, I cannot uh, accept any argument from you uh, right now that, that would contradict my years of experience with Aaron Adams being a good faith libertarian party activist. I'm not diminishing her activism. I, you don't have to do that, but I can tell you she's redefined the nap and I and I can tell you it, listen, Listen, I, I don't, I don't like talking about, it, like, if you've got a relationship with Aaron, the last thing I want to do is come in here and talk bad about your friend. So I prefer we just don't even deal with talking with Aaron about Aaron because I have a. I want you to talk honestly. I don't care about being nice right now. Like I said uh, about. No, this this is my personal <laughs> ethics, Adam. You you, I I don't believe in getting between friends. So. Oh, the cause is more important here, Karen Ann. No, see, to me, My people are more important. No, people are more important. And she's your friend. I don't do that. I just don't do that. Then be 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 as brutally honest as you can about the professional role of being on the board and how that relates to this. And and but, but I, go, go back, connect from from where you you left off to yesterday's vote, please. Somebody is saying it's me. Are you hearing me fine? I hear you fine. There are okay, a couple points. See, that just all completely cut out on me. I'm sorry, but but go ahead, please. Back to the narrative from where yeah. you left off to yesterday's vote. Well, there was a lot of very heart, hurt feelings about how vocal I was about that. And then, um, uh, whatchamacallit, it, 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 and then the New Hampshire thing happened. So there was already tension over the whole COVID thing. And then the New Hampshire coup thing happened. I, so I don't know where you really want to go from, from that point. Well, I, I, what, whatever people need to know to understand, I mean, I, the motion to have you suspended that Laura had mm -hmm. submitted. The, the Friday before the, the last weekend when I saw you in Colorado and we were all looking forward to having kind of a, a relaxed, uh, sentimental get together for old LP heads and board mm -hmm. members and donors and, and enthusiasts to, to reflect. And instead, Laura Epke dropped this, uh, this motion on that Friday, and I was I was excited to hear a speech from you as the uh, the historian of the party on on that occasion, and that was somehow squashed by that drama. The timing of this, no, like, it, I, no, I, yeah, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. They they that I was never planned to be speaking there. I told you that um, I had offered and it was shot down before, way before that. Oh. Well, there's so much. Again, I, I want to give Laura Epke the benefit of the doubt as much as I can. And, and, and I want to I need to say for anybody who's watching this in the LP right now, who's concerned that I'm giving a one sided story before we do cut for the season. We have one show tomorrow. We could squeeze mm -hmm. in another guest if anybody wants to give a counterpoint to Karen's story, Karen Ann's story here. I, I'm happy to hear it. We've had a standing invitation on this show from the beginning in this format. Any LNC member, any serious LP candidate wants to come on at any time. Karen Ann has earned our respect by being the most open and willing to, to talk about this. And I've watched, I've, I've, Joey and I have, have spent uh, at least a few hours, more than a few hours on road trips, listening to Karen Ann's Facebook. Okay, um, here's where I think um, we need to go where you can't give good faith, um, Adam, because this is where I think some of the frustration is. Um, I had the receipts. It's pretty undisputed because, see, when when it, and to put it all on Laura, Laura, though, the suspension motion, I do think that's not correct. I think you have to go back to Richard Longstreth as, as the original instigator there. But Richard, when he gets all up in his feels, he has loose lips that sink ships. And he, in writing, told me that that cadre of people, um, he didn't name the people, but I would guess, I, I don't think it's too too difficult to guess, had been planning to try to remove me since I was elected. So really any excuses that are used for any removal motion is an excuse because they were looking for one. It isn't as if, oh, we were all this happy-go-lucky board and they were all fine with me. And then I did, you know, I said fuck too many times on my YouTube channel and their tender hearts were offended. no. They'd been looking and trying to find a way to lie in wait and lie a trap for me since I was elected. Now, let's pretend, and this is why I don't give Aaron or John Phillips, who were, who were very instrumental in this motion, by the way. Epke chose to be the public face. But if you're acting like these other people that voted for it were just like, oh, that's a great motion. They all had a hand in writing it and plotting it, Adam. There is no good faith to be given here. There's just none. So just I know what went on behind the scenes. You can talk to any of the people who didn't vote for it to, to talk to them about how they were strong armed, but they resisted. Staff was weaponized. All people are kind of like, threatening their resignations. You do that. I'm like, bye, Felicia. But weaponizing staff is just so fucking gross. You do not do that. You know, there were lies that were thrown around. So no, these weren't just innocent bystanders whose this motion was plopped on their lap by Laura. Laura agreed to be the public fall guy because she's got the most benign reputation. That whole motion was written by John Phillips Aaron Adams, that whole group and all of that weird ass research that was like people completely like I the way that folder of information made me feel was like somebody has a four by four room in their house that's plastered with pictures of me. My eyes cut out. It had such creeper feel. It was so bizarre intrusive like just weirdo. And that was all done by Matthew Buffman, who's a former cop.
There is no zero good faith. Sorry. They knew. And if and if Aaron and John and whoever else there voted for it, even if they thought I was Satan incarnate and deserved to not only be removed, but, you know, be anally raped by aliens. The fact that I brought receipts that showed that certain actors had been trying to remove me for convention, you know, from being involved at the wrong end of criminal law, that there is something called the fruit of the fucking poisonous tree. If a prosecutor had been shown had been shown to have been plotting to get somebody before they even did anything wrong, we would not be giving them fucking good faith, Adam. They were all involved in this. I brought receipts that had been happening since the delegates elected me. Those people put their improper, their, their imperture on a plot to remove a duly elected person before I even did anything wrong. And Laura Epke admitted, admitted in public that her primary reason for wanting to remove me was that I was a radical, that she didn't like my strategy on messaging and she felt the LNC needed to go another way. There is no good faith. None. Okay. So Karen, Ann, I want to reference a question from our audience, John Morrissey, who asked what I think was a, a too specific question sure. about, BH, John Bishop Henchman and timing. So I'm, I'm going to kind of restate it to generalize. And I think it's a great way to set up where I want to go with this topic for understanding the LNC and, and where you say it has good bones, but bad decor, because it sounds pretty rotten to the core, if you ask me. Uh, and and I, I have to I have to question that. And I, I think in good faith, as I have asked people to invest in the Libertarian Party, my fallback has been, I think, similar to yours. Well, as long as we have the statement of principles at the core of the party, we can we can run under that banner. We can invest in that brand, knowing that we're promoting good, virtuous ideas. But it, if wait, can we hold it, on one second, Adam? Because I, I, I one second because I want you to understand why I'm getting all up in my like uh, righteous indignation because the way. And I'm going to go and use the very explosive analogy I learned earlier. The way the, the reason why some of the like good faith talk you're giving is is provoking me so badly is because the way I look at this, just a, I'm feeling the way I would feel again if you were like, you know, that skirt was a little short. So maybe that guy in good faith thought you wanted to give him some puss. OK, that's the way I feel with your questions. I, I just, it, yeah, just respect that I'm coming at it from a little more, first from an objective journalist analysis perspective. I'm being skeptical to everything. These are the people I know. I'm giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. I'm, They're I'm people all, I know too, very fucking well. Still in a lot of innocent until proven guilty, but then I come in as an activist and I don't care. Okay, I let me give you... Adam, they denied me due process. There is no good faith. So, Karen, oh my Ann, God, Adam, I here's the here's my point. I let me be brutally honest with you on this one. Mm -hmm. I don't care at nearly as much about 
writing the petty, all the petty injustices of the board and all the significant injustices that you have suffered nearly as much as I care about learning the lessons from them and applying them and moving forward with you and getting you reelected to the board and moving forward for the cause and the party. And so I, I step back and I connect this to the, the biggest picture possible, which is that the Libertarian Party has been turned into controlled opposition over the last four plus fucking decades. How do we understand that from your mm -hmm. story? And so well, that question, I think you have a question. 2020 convention, Nick Sarwark, what's mm -hmm. your actual take on the role of JBH, the New Hampshire uh, party? What does that say about the bigger effort to keep the LP as neutered, controlled opposition? Okay, that was a very long question, and I lost the, I lost the plot. What? <laughs> Respond to whatever in that is most important to you. Well, do you want me to respond? You had John's question up here. Is that John's question is on the screen? Did you want me to address that or okay? You want what... to start with that? Please generalize from that. Okay. So I real I didn't know. Like, listen, I didn't have any suspicions about JBH until I figured out he was involved. When JBH got elected, he wasn't my guy. But I thought he would be a huge improvement upon Sarwark. And like I like to say, I thought he would be as boring as Canada, like just bland. OK, I could have two years of bland. I thought the whole party. Um, oh, um, uh, Gray asks if me and you are fighting. We're not fighting. Um, Adam and I don't fight. We're just both very passionate people. Um, so I had no suspicions about JBH. And um, until that day. So I realized he was involved when when that letter first went when when Gilletta Jarvis, who was the former chair of the LP of New Hampshire, put up that post and put forth JBH's um, letter in uh, as support for her position. I gave him the benefit of the doubt that she misunderstood the letter or she was being opportunistic about the letter until he refused to repudiate her use of the letter. So, and also what Gilletta said, the understanding was between those two. So I forgot what day that was. I think it was, a, it was June 12th, a Saturday. So that's when I learned that JBH was interfering in New Hampshire and that it wasn't just Gilletta's misunderstanding. Okay, so generalize that for us please from there to nick to sabotage to uh it other implications to how does that relate to the party being turned into controlled opposition oh i don't think the party's controlled opposition I mean, I think, I don't think there's, okay, a lot of people like to see it, see FBI or. Karen, let me define that then. What I mean is the party having plateaued for roughly four decades. To me, that's, that's, you, we can, I don't care if you agree with me on the use of that term, mm -hmm. control opposition here, but we have, we have become neutered and controlled. We are the opposition to the, to the duopoly and we have become moderated, controlled and kept uh, ineffective. I'm not so sure I agree with that. Um, 
who's moderating us and who's controlling us? Like, I don't know. There, there, there's too much like planning, like in behind what you said that I guess I just reject that premise. The duopoly infiltration, the sabotage that I have seen and experienced, the legacy of COINTELPRO carried on by two old parties who are defending annual budgets in, in, in the billions of dollars. Do you, do you really think, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to suggest that it's the CIA or the FBI necessarily. Like, let could, me just say this right out. Like, everyone has all these, like, like theories, like with Nick Starwick and stuff. Nick is not CIA. Nick's oh, no, just I, bad on his own. I know, but a lot of people think that. He's not. Free. There's a lot of bullshit sensationalism around that. I'm trying to downplay okay. the sensationalism and show that sabotage and infiltration is still a very realistic thing that we deal with and we don't face up to enough. And this is what I want to talk to you about. See, moving- I've never seen... I, you know, I see a sabotage with ballot access, but, but, but Adam, I have to tell you, I haven't seen, I know a lot of people talk about it and I would love to see it because it would feed into my paranoid anti-government, whatever. I don't think we need outside people to sabotage us. I think we're good enough at it ourselves. No, no, I, I reject that analysis. Absolutely. So let me. Uh, I mean, just, I've been on the inside, Adam, and I, I know you say, I'm not going to diminish your experiences. I don't know all the details. I trust that you say you've seen it, but me personally, I haven't. We I think, sabotage ourselves. I think you are staring into the face and you are unwilling to speculate sufficiently as to motivations to see that there is a different pattern here that is not organic. This is not organic see, to the Libertarian Party. I experienced I mean, this with the Rock. Suggesting- but I'm asking you, Adam, are you suggesting that there are info, like there are um, non-liberties, like, because l- let me tell you my presupposition here. Everyone on the LNC, e- except for maybe one, is a libertarian. You're making think- a good faith argument now that you rejected earlier. No, it's not good that- faith. I just talked to them. I believe they're libertarians. It doesn't take good libertarian- faith to... I do, except for maybe one. And I don't think that person also is an outside agent. I just think they left the Republican Party because they weren't getting the attention they wanted. And they're in this party because it's a, it's just an ego thing. I don't think it's a saboteur thing. I don't think any of those people are saboteurs. Is, is someone on the LNC necessarily a saboteur and infiltrator themselves? Not necessarily. It could be. A I don't simple- think any of them are that, Adam. No. Any. No one. No, no one, one on the. And no. you're saying. So, so you're saying everyone there is there in good faith. Everyone is there representing everyone themselves. Everyone there is a libertarian. Everyone there is a libertarian, but libertarians can be um, have have weird motives for their own ego, or you know, a position that they're looking to get in the future, or they can be cowards. I mean, just being a libertarian is a very low bar. I mean, they're libertarians. I don't doubt anyone on that board is a libertarian. I do think some of them have a very fucked up understanding with the way they were redefining the NAP, because there are people there actually arguing that mean words violate the NAP. Now, that is a, a weird thing, but I don't think that doesn't mean that they also don't agree physical aggression violates okay. the nap. Let me, then let me ask you to take a big step back and a deep breath mm-hmm. and say, then why, what is your answer? Or say, why have we been stalled for the last 40 plus years? 
Okay, I've given that answer multiple times because we haven't been true to our founding vision because we've let fear and fear of like, you know, what, 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 like we don't, oh, we can't say these radical things. We can't do these radical things. We've been double-minded. And if we had just committed in the beginning, half of the stuff we are so scared to say today wouldn't be scary to say. I don't think we need to get into all kinds of weird conspiracy. I think it's just human nature. And we did not commit. I don't know how that could have been fixed. Hold on, Karen. I don't want to bring it back because I acknowledge that. And this is that the, the, the significance of what you said is huge. Uh, that, and, and this is in a way the heart of the, the radical pragmatic debate that is organic, right? Where we say, you know, look, we are standing on radical principles, you know, and, and that is pragmatic. And there are people <laughs> who have this self-consciousness. Uh, we, got, we got live breaking news now. Okay, Facebook, like, I don't know. I'm probably banned for a year now. Um, when I said the corrupt house has to be burned down, um, Facebook said I was uh, inciting a riot. Karen, I would love you get off Facebook with me. Um, but to, to the point, so you're but even in your theory here, Karen Ann, you're saying that it's it's that fear and self-consciousness that has yes. driven us off principles that's holding us back. Well then stop and think how easy is it for the duopoly defending their billions to infiltrate, to send a little bit of bad messaging our way. To flood social media with negative comments. Because it's not necessary. Because we'll do it to ourselves. You think we just we just do it to ourselves? And yeah. we haven't figured it out for 40 years? That's harder to believe. No, because the people who are doing it think that that's the way. You know, that whole new thing. This is the way. The moderates do believe they're acting in the best interest of the party. But here's the thing. And I've come to this conclusion. The radicals can extend. You are, and you are proof. Radicals get driven out and they're way I'm not more going anywhere. in the movement as a whole than are represented in the party. And I, I've identified this for a long time. It is so yes. destructive. All they have to do is give a little more money to the prags. So the prags are always well-funded and let the radicals get frustrated and angry. And I've seen the turnover. I've, you and I have, I've been around longer than you with the party. I have seen more turnover. I have more anecdotal data of demographic turnover in the LP. It's prags get funded and stick around and radicals get, get tired with drama and bullshit and driven out and turned into anarchists and end up going, well, I'll do activism outside the party. And if you want to say what's pulling us back is that we're not staying true to principle. Well, you have to look, the people who are trying to stay true to principle in the party are being driven out. Why? I agree with you. A little bit Why? of fun. It's going to explain it. It's what? I'm sorry, I missed a point. It's just a little bit of a difference in funding even that could explain. I don't think that. that's the reason. I really, I, I don't think it's funding. The Prax aren't really that well-funded. Nobody in this party is particularly well-funded, Adam. Come on. One thing we don't have is fucking money. I mean, I wish we had that sweet Coke money. Like we keep getting like accused of it. And I'm like, where's my fucking check, bitches? Hold on. I, she's inside baseball joke needs to be explained, Karen Ann. She says, everyone Coke, knows that's that. Hey not c-o-k <laughs> please continue oh you, you, th you thought you meant like coke like snorting like somebody <laughs> <laughs> don't don't bogart the 
the cocaine, man, Adam. I'm tired. Don't Bogart. <laughs> I like to think there are people in this audience who are not as inside baseball as Karen. And all Barbara, right. So that's all. But if any of them like wants to share some cocaine, send it my way, baby, because I need some energy. I'm fucking tired. I'm talking about that kind of money. Well, all right. Listen, so I, Kenneth Olson, um, California. Um, I I don't former vice chair, current vice chair, California State LP. Excuse me, I don't know his current titles. Kenneth Brent Olson, Doctor Kenneth Brent Olson. I am a radical and have been in the party since '96. But I can certainly see your point, Adam. I've seen that happen this year. I have come closest to abandoning ship and being an anarchist more than ever. So I re- I, I don't want to derail this interview, this conversation with all yeah, of my... But, but Kenneth, 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 you're one of the ones, you're one of the ones who are causing the problem. I'm glad he came up here because Kenneth wrote me. See, Kenneth might wonder why I unfriended him. It's because of the bullshit message he's buying into. This is exactly it. Kenneth, is a wonderful man. I know him well. We've served on the LNC well. But this capitulation to the, oh, well, you were mean. Yeah, I'm mean about corruption. So he like basically excused the bullshit that's going on on the LNC right now. And we just do we do this to ourselves right there's a perfect example. You got a guy who's a great activist mm-hmm. and is a great man. And he just basically shit all shit all like it's just like we do it to ourselves. He's not counsel in pro. Uh, if you see that there's a means, motive, and opportunity for the duopoly parties to put together like a ten-person troll farm and take what would be minor factors in the LP and exacerbate them into major division, like even I, I and I've called this out. Let me let me do this real quickly. The anarchist minarchist divide in the party is bullshit because neither anarchists or minarchists are really libertarian, even by the own LP statement of principles, which says where government exists, it must be voluntary. Therefore, mm-hmm. we must be voluntarists, not minarchists or anarchists, because to say government should this minarchist vision or should this anarchist vision, those are both central planning visions that we get artificially sucked into and it's a manipulation that i think is is relatively easy for troll farms to accomplish with with infiltration just of online conversations that get people to think of these things as much more important than they are to play into our desires to to i to play identity politics and well i can't just be a libertarian i have to be a this libertarian or that libertarian and they turn these minor divides that otherwise wouldn't prevent us from working together into this kind of bullshit. Where like, even for me, like, uh, where do I get to hear from the LNC doing good shit with my money? Oh no, I get to hear about them voting Karen Ann off the island. Fuck, really? Like, that, and there are so many other things. It's just, I, I don't, I, I, I don't put any stake in, 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 in this being organic, these divisions. There's too much means, motive, opportunity, incentive. Jeremy Kenneth. K... Kenneth, Kenneth, call me. You have my number, or if you don't, text, call me. Because I love you, man. But maybe I misunderstood what you said. But, you know, call me. Because as I said, you're a good man. You've always been a good man. So call me. You have my number. All right. Jeremy K. on YouTube. Wouldn't be shocking if LPNH, Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, was a GOP plant. If you look at the likes of Kaufman being involved in the party, 
who was standing the GOP right up to the convention. Um, so I, I want to just, Karen Ann, if you want to react to this, New Hampshire specifically in general, but uh, we've seen open efforts of infiltration uh, from sort of libertarian-leaning Republicans going, well, let's just go to the LP and take over the state LP. We saw, I saw this in Washington. You know, play okay, out. Uh, on that one, that 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 I'll give you. That I'll give you because we saw that happen in in Virginia. There's the Libertarian Party of Tidewater, um, which is all Trumpians, but nobody you know, like acknowledging that it happens in the open. It sounds naive of you to suggest that none of it, no version of that, happens covertly. But I I would hope you would respect this, Adam, because I haven't seen it. I don't have my own receipts. I'm not going to say it. I'm sorry. I'm a proof person and I okay. haven't seen it for a few things. Find me the receipts from the LNC. Cause it looks like you have them and you just haven't, you know, done the tallies. No, no, I, no, I, I put them on the screen. I put them on the screen. This meeting, listen, Adam, one thing about me and you, and I'll tell you one reason why I got suspended. I can't hear you. The vote to suspend you is your receipt. What? No, I didn't the, say that. No, I'm saying that. You're saying oh. I have the receipts. You want receipts? 11 to 2 to suspend Karen. Oh, but that's not counsel and pro. I'm not going to accuse anyone on the LNC of being counsel and pro. I'm just not going to do that. No, but the victims of that manipulation. And I, I, like, no. get I respect that they're not. Uh -uh. I respect them what's more than better, that. What's better? What's better than infiltrating and attacking where you risk being exposed as an infiltrator, just manipulate someone like me who is organic into attacking Larry Sharp. And that's what happened. And I, um, this I'm, is where I and everyone on the board the benefit of the doubt in a way that you are not. I am giving them a better benefit of the doubt of character and saying that they are acting in good faith, not ideology, not dishonesty. They believe that what they are doing is the right thing for the party because they have been manipulated into doing so. Because I have been the victim of that. So uh, Ken Olson weighs in again on Facebook for the record. I was not in favor of CAH, Karen Ann Harless's suspension. I felt that the whole freaking LNC needed censure and moderation. The division in the party is over the top this year. Yeah. So yeah, and, and for yeah. anybody who's not saying that. No, I agree I, with that. I agree with that. So that's why I said to Kenneth to call me because that's not the impression I got. And maybe I was all up in my feels and misunderstood him. Yeah, well, get the fuck off Facebook. Why is so much of the LP conversation happening on fucking Facebook? It's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. seriously, get like Telegram. Please get on Telegram. Telegram channel. Okay, dude, I, I got to go, hon, because I told you I, I was only here to 11. I got another appointment, honey. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Karen and your, your Your closing thoughts, how you want people to hook up with you, please. Um, Pink Flame of Liberty is my YouTube channel. I can't be on Facebook because apparently I'm inciting a riot. <laughs> and uh, actually having this sparring back and forth with you, I enjoyed that more than the shows in which we agreed because I think people need to see people disagree like passionately, but without pulling dirty tricks. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Thank you very much. And, and, and this, how much sabotage what's really happening I, I think it's the most important conversation for the lp yeah, let's, right now. let's Stop spar in. again adam like uh like but let you know let, let's get in the mud wrestling ring <laughs> because people were, 
about time you visited the yeah, homestead. That's what's fun here in the yeah. Arizona. It's funny that people in chat thought like, listen, no, you and I known each other a long time. And if we can't disagree passionately, then listen, that's the mark of friendship. Yeah, absolutely. In my, and, and, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Thank you again for your time. Thank Karen. you, Adam. And, and, and you can, uh, you, you can have me back on again anytime, but I'm sorry. I had a little bit of limited time. All right. All right. So thank you very much. Quick, uh, you know, editorial note, follow up to this interview. If anybody on the LNC wants to give any counter narrative or correction or discuss these same things, we will make the effort to do a special episode, even if we're on break. We'll do a special interview, get it up on the same channel. Uh, to me, that's that's an important thing for my journalistic integrity in looking at this, that I'm not presenting Karen Ann's one-sided version of this. Obviously, I'm questioning and challenging her making my disagreements with her clear and still remain, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, committed to getting her reelected to the LNC. I mean, what's, what's more libertarian than getting suspended from the LNC? I mean, like, like you go, that's pretty fucking libertarian. You got suspended from the LNC. That's pretty fucking libertarian. I was also the secretary at the time. I was also the one with pink hair. I had also just been reelected to that position. Oh, yeah. The fucking next level libertarian shit, right? Oh. Uh, Shannon Lee, that would mean integ integrity, Adam. Was it blessed that they don't have that on the LNC something? Anyway, uh, so let's do a quick. Uh, they lack that on the LNC. Yeah. So tomorrow, I, I mean, I feel like tomorrow being our last full show, we got a lot of guests. We got to get to some headlines. So I'm going to skim a few here. We'll see. How far are we getting? Two minutes. Taliban, foxnews.com. Taliban is hunting Americans, says California mom to be left behind in Afghanistan. The American, who just got married and said she is pregnant, says she wonders if she will die in Afghanistan. Sounds like bullshit incubators, incubator babies being murdered in Kuwait kind of stories. Again, sensational shit from Fox News. Uh, DNYUZ with this headline that originally was in the New York Times. Again, I think more bullshit demonization of the Taliban. Taliban fighters crush a women's protest amid flickers of resistance. Yeah, we're the, the, again, being cautious in defending the Taliban at this point. Obviously, they're being uh, demonized unfairly in a pattern that we've seen before. Washington Post at MSN.com. Kabul airport reopens for domestic flights with no radar. The Taliban battles resistance fighters in last holdout. Yeah, still fun stuff going on there. We might get more and do, do a thorough Afghanistan block tomorrow. Wall Street Journal with this wonderful summary of where we are. The business of homeland security thrives in the two decades since 9-11. A lot of profiting off fear, certainly. After the attacks, federal policies swelled a defense sector that has reshaped U.S. surveillance as well as Northern Virginia's suburbs. Oh, yeah. I used to live there. God, All right. Horrible, isn't it? Um, we've got a big tech block. I'm going to save this tomorrow. we got some fun political headlines. Joey, any, any final thoughts? I know you had a lot of things you wanted to weigh in on today. I did, but there was so much. Uh, it, it, there was a lot of good information put out there. It was a good show. Yeah. No, nothing to add on right now. But it, you, it was the start of a bigger conversation, obviously. Yeah. And when, yeah. okay, when we come back, I mean, there's a fuckery. When we come back in three weeks, well, we're going to be more effective in participating in that. And again, all the links to today's show and more over the next three weeks, e.me, slash Adam versus the man, get the Telegram app, 
Get us on your phone. Jim, give us the producer notes. What's going on, everybody? Hope you enjoyed the show. It was a good one today. T.me forward slash Adam versus Man. Adam just reminded you, folks. Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus Man is where you can financially support the show. Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. You can check out pictures and videos of life up in Gardenia. Homefrontbattlebuddies.com, thecrypto6.com, and gogreenenergyonline.com are all the websites we are supporting as the show. You click them all, read them all, and uh, start with the middle one, then go to the top and the bottom. That's how you do it this time. Have a good day, everybody. All right. Thank you very much, Jim, and everybody else for a wonderful show. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.